Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. So are we looking at the camera? We're, yep, we so, well, either way, just, so we're going to do just a free flow. Okay. So since you're my special guest, we'll see. Now, I just need to check the sound. Hey, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose. With me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guide and servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa Brian Post. And I have a special guest today in studio. My dear, dear colleague, Jeanette Yaffe. Jeanette is an adoption and foster care expert. She has, I have known of Jeanette. You guys are going to find this interesting. So at least for 10 years, like yeah. heard her name, seen her picture, maybe had a small exchange here or there. And finally, for the first time since I'm in L.A., I get to sit down <laughs> with the master. Oh, so you're the master. She is, she is blessing us with her presence oh, this evening. Thank you. And uh, really excited to to share Jeanette with you, with you all. And um, yeah. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> so awesome. Jeanette, yes. start off by telling me what your office is here in greater LA. Okay. And what you, what your primary focus is. Okay. So my office is here in West Los Angeles. Okay. And we predominantly work with children in foster care and adoption. Mm -hmm. um, I work with kids as young as three years old. I do attachment-focused family work. Mm -hmm. um, we also uh, do sand tray, art therapy. Um, I also use a device called AlphaStim Aid, okay. yep. which is a bilateral stimulation mm -hmm. um, to help work on the body uh, piece because we're dealing with the mind and mm -hmm. the body when we're dealing with trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and I also have a few clinicians in my office who I train to be foster care and adoption competent. Okay, very cool. And I also work with uh, children as young as three, but I work with children, mm -hmm. um, school-aged children, teenagers, young adults, adults, yeah. and late discovery adoptees. Oh, cool. Who were not told until yeah. they were adults that they were adopted. Because that's interesting. That's a whole other dynamic because, if I can say one more thing, I also run a support group here in Los Angeles that's been going for 10 years. Wow. Awesome. What's the name of that? It's called Adopt Salon Constellation Support Group. Okay. So what I found working in the child welfare system here in Los Angeles was the, um, the negative stigmas and the division between an adoptive or foster parent even knowing a birth mother, having mm -hmm. contact, a, a dialogue, even adult adoptees meeting a birth mother. Mm -hmm. So I said, why don't I bring the whole population, mm -hmm. community of foster care and adoption to one support group. So we have adult adoptees, mm -hmm. foster youth alumni, adoptive parents, foster parents, first mothers and fathers, because now there's all this politically correct. Mm -hmm. Rather first than birth mother, call her a Rather oh, than birth okay. mother or biological mother, which implies they're a biological term, there's a lot of talk for those who don't know. Yeah, I don't Some know. Some birth mothers believe, yeah. feel hurt mm -hmm. when they're called birth mother because mm -hmm. that implies you're only a breeder. Okay. And it doesn't recognize the long-term okay. relationship that a birth mother and an adoptee have mm -hmm. for each other, mm -hmm. even if they've been separated at birth. Mm -hmm. that child still 
yearns and wants to know and is curious about who their birth mother was as much as the birth mother wants to know. So what's the terminology? Uh, the new terminology? First mother first or mother. first father. But first then, mother, first father. I don't want to get political here, but then yeah. it also feels like, and then as the adoptive family, the second mother and so father. So then there's contentions with that. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's an open dialogue that I believe the adoption community needs yes. to have together. So that's why I started I, this fantastic. group. fantastic. Oh, that's excellent. And it's really, people wow. walk away like totally changed, mm -hmm. 360, like, wow, I, I now see birth mothers in a different mm -hmm. way, first mothers. Now I, an adoptee can say something to an adoptive parent that they wish their parent mm -hmm. had done for them. Mm -hmm. So it becomes very healing yeah. um, for everybody. So and adoption constellation. Correct. Ah, gotcha. And that term came from Michael Grand, who wrote the book, The Adoption Constellation, okay. which talks about bringing everyone together. Okay, interesting. So, yeah. Michael so, uh, Grand. Michael Grand. The Adoption Constellation. Mm -hmm. Is that a book you recommend? Yeah, it's a book I Never recommend. Yes. Is he local? Uh, I think he's in Chicago, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So, yes. what's the name of your clinic? Yoff Therapy. Okay. <laughs> Just Y O F F E. What's the names in the, in the title? And then Celia Center yes. was the nonprofit that I started. Okay, why Celia Center? Because I wasn't sure if that was a center or if Celia Center was your partner. I wasn't certain. Right. So, okay, so I became a therapist mm -hmm. because I recognized and realized that I knew more about having been adopted. Mm -hmm. And I had done some benefits of a show that I had written and produced called What's Your Name, Who's Your Daddy? And it's mm -hmm. a little girl who auditions for a family. And it was a vision that I had of myself growing up in foster care. Mm -hmm. So I wrote this play, it was very healing for me, mm -hmm. I performed the play, and then I realized, you know what, I really want to work with children. Mm -hmm. So I became a therapist, and I did some benefit performances for social workers, and I realized, and I could see the whole system in Los Angeles, there was a lot of misunderstanding and confusion, and a lot of negative stigmas, and breaking down walls, and people not knowing how to bring people together okay. in a safe way because mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of biases, mm -hmm. there's a lot of biases. Um, and no one was understanding the foster mother, foster family connection to the child, mm -hmm. and they're so important too. Mm -hmm. So then I said, you know what, I want to start the support group. I'm going to call it Adopt Salon because a salon it creates this environment of just gonna light some candles. Okay, We're just yeah. gonna be in a relaxed environment. <laughs> yeah. Take the sting out of this. Everybody just come together. Mm -hmm. And then I did that for about a year. Mm -hmm. And then people came and started looking at me and said, Jeanette, you need to do more of this. And I said, well, I I'm just doing the support group once a month. And they said, you ought to start a nonprofit. Hmm. You, ought you ought to do this, this, and this. And I said, okay, uh, let me look into that. So then, for me, it became, because as you and I, coming from the world of adoption and foster care, it has become a big part of my life. And this is my mission now, to create a community here in Los Angeles. So I then decided, well, what am I going to call it? And what is going to give me meaning and purpose yeah. 
in the years to come mm -hmm. having a nonprofit so I can sustain and maintain. Sure. And I said, I'm going to call it, I'm going to name it after my first mother, my okay. birth mother, mm -hmm. Celia. Oh, okay. And whenever I say that, it just, it's very touching mm -hmm. for me because I wish my birth mother, Celia, had a place to turn to mm. where she could receive mm. support mm -hmm. and acknowledgement that mm -hmm. she's just as important mm -hmm. as the foster family, the adoptive family, the adoptee, the foster youth, mm -hmm. that birth mothers need more recognition. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big advocate for open adoption. Mm -hmm. And even children who've been in multiple foster homes, I do open foster care <laughs> reunif reunions. Mm -hmm. So I had one little girl. She was in three foster homes. And then I'll no, put this to a close. She was in three foster homes, and she was adopted. And she blamed herself that it was all her fault wow. that she couldn't stay in those foster homes. Mm. And when I just tapped into my child self and really identified with what she was feeling, I said, you know what, this little girl needs to know it's not about her. Mm -hmm. And it was not her fault that these three foster homes could not mm -hmm. parent her, that there were bigger and larger circumstances other than herself. But I also said, you can explain that to a child, mm -hmm. but unless they have a reunion mm -hmm. and see that family again yes. and hear that from the family, then they will integrate it in their mind and their mm -hmm. body. So we actually facilitated. I called each foster home, talked with the first foster mother, and I said, this is part of her healing. Mm -hmm. Help me understand what happened mm -hmm. so that we can help her move through these feelings of feeling less than, unwanted, yeah. which was contributing to her learning, her ability to make friends, her development was delayed because sure. of these. She had reunion with these, each foster family. Wow. And it took, I mean, it's a lot on the therapist and mm -hmm. the family to do this. And not every therapist is going to do this. Mm -hmm. But I saw it as necessary. Yep. And this little girl is doing so well. That's awesome. And her self-esteem has increased instrumentally. And I'm just so proud of that piece and that work. Mm -hmm. It, it takes us all coming together mm -hmm. for the best interest of that child. Yeah. And that's child welfare. Yeah. So I'm really working on changing the system out here mm -hmm. so that we can see the bigger <clears throat> picture and what is necessary because the adults need to come together and go, right. we need to be responsible for what happened to this child. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doing out here, Brian. That's cool. <laughs> that's, that's big. That's fantastic. It's a lot. That's awesome. That's there's so yes. so first of all, the fact that so what Jeanette's just sharing about the importance of the foster child hearing because this is how we're tying this into foster care awareness. Yes. The foster child hearing that it was not their fault that they had to move to a different place. Place to place, uh-huh. And an opportunity to hear from these foster parents. And I can imagine that there's some I just had an experience a month ago with a family who's now adopted a 16-year-old. They've mm -hmm. had her since she was like eight. Mm -hmm. Somewhere right around eight, but at some point, her adoptive family at the time took her to treatment. The professional said, this child's not going to be able to be helped. 
leave her here, forget that you ever knew her. We will put her in one of our respites. Oh my God. They had a semi-truck pull up, little girl, and this is after doing some really intense attachment, attachment therapy. Mm -hmm. So really putting this kid through the ringer, emotionally. Right. Trying to break her down, like some dysfunctional attachment therapy kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so the next day, the little girl's jumping on the trampoline. A semi-truck pulls up. A stranger says, you're coming with me. Puts the kid in the cab of the semi. She's throwing a conniption fit. Mm -hmm. Her parents tell her nothing. The therapist tells her nothing. And they drive, and she drives, they drive her three hours off and drop her off at a boot camp style respite home. Mm -hmm. And the old adoptive parents sent her letters about how bad her behavior was and why she's not gonna be a part of their family anymore. Mm. Is that not just that horrible? That is traumatic. That's oh. creating more trauma oh, for it that did. child. It did, and that, that was something the now 16 year old, you know, thank goodness she's in a home with, with a family now that have really committed. seen her through yeah yes, they're, they're yes. fully committed they've seen her through and it's not easy um and it hadn't been easy for them but she really stepped up mm -hmm. and they stepped up and so that part's been amazing but the reason i say that is because i can imagine there could be some foster families especially the way we look at children traditionally yes that want to place blame on the kids and what you said Yes. is the adults have to take responsibility. Yes. And that's huge. Yes. That's that's a that's a paradigm shift. Yes. That's a game changer. Yes. And yes. so that's really cool. And I teach trauma-informed practice. Yeah. Foster parents need to be trauma-informed. It's fantastic. So it's really important. So Yaffe Center, Celia Center, Yaff Center, Yaff Center. Yaff Yaf Therapy and then Celia Center. So we have support groups, conferences, like we're going to a place called Wolf Connection. In Wolf Connection. Yes, weeks. I saw that email actually. That's going to be cool. So that I like to find alternative ways of healing. Yeah, fantastic. And bringing the family together. So there will be a birth father there. Mm -hmm. There will be adoptive parents, foster parents, foster youth alum, adult adoptees, young adoptees. We're all there together, mm -hmm. receiving and meeting wolves that have also been adopted by a place called Wolf Connection, Fantastic. who are also, not also, but they experience either abuse, neglect, abandonment. Um, so these wolves, we hear their stories and then children identify and parents wow. identify with the wolves and go, oh, that wolf is like my child. Wow. Now I see why I can't just approach my child because in a way, they have wolf-like behaviors mm -hmm. because of the trauma they have mm -hmm. endured. So parents That's learn powerful. to let, they understand more about trauma. Mm -hmm. That's why I've been doing wolf connection because it's like, how do you help parents? Because you can talk, 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 yes. talk. They have to have an experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Emotional. Emotional. That an emotional experience. Exactly. That mm -hmm. changes their thinking. Because that's like what we're trying the brain. to do. Repetition uh, and impact, emotional impact. Yes. That's how the brain changes. So anytime you can create that, that emotional component, that's when you're having more of an impact on, on the brain's learning. So that's awesome. Yes. That's very cool.
So you'll have to come to Wolf Connection. I would love to, <laughs> absolutely. So how do people find out more about Yoff Therapy and Cecilia Center? Well, Yoff Therapy's website is yofftherapy.com. And that's? Y-O. Two Fs like Frank yeah. E. Okay. Therapy.com. Mm -hmm. And then Celia Center is C-E-L-I-A Center.org. And it's West Los Angeles. West Los Angeles. Yes. Fantastic. So I'm not going to hold Jeanette up any longer. I am actually going to sweep her away and have my private counseling session with the master <laughs> and hopefully reach enlightenment. So thank you guys for joining me. Remember, in any given situation, there are always two choices. We can choose to react from overwhelm and stress and fear, or we can stop. We can take three to ten deep breaths. We can slow down, and we can choose love. So God bless. Big Papa loves you, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Awesome. Bye. <laughs>